Hello, and welcome back to the Positive Sports Report, covering middle school athletics for the San Juan Unified School District. We are back after a really wonderful and relaxing winter break. I'm Dana Smith, middle school athletics director for San Juan Unified School District, teacher and a coach at Carnegie Middle School, and a certified trainer for Positive Coaching Alliance. In this episode, we have how coaches can set the stage for positive social and emotional development. And we have an interview with Dr. Joanne Ballard from Absolute Fitness Performance Psychology, where we discuss how middle school athletes can benefit from mental training. Let's roll. In this episode, we want to talk about how positive coaching can be used to set the stage for positive social and emotional development through participation in sports. First, we can build positive adult youth relationships. Research highlights the importance of sustained high-quality relationships for promoting positive youth outcomes and reducing risky behaviors. We can use positive coaching to create a safe space that supports social and emotional skill development a safe and caring climate characterized by support, safety, belongingness, respect, positive attitudes, caring behaviors, and by adults who are caring, competent, and compassionate. We can embody effective leadership strategies that emphasize effort, autonomy, and learning. If we coach by focusing on mastery, effort, and improvement with positive and informational feedback characterized by encouragement and praise, that is specific and truthful, we can help build these leadership strategies. We can prioritize and provide opportunities for direct skill building and practice. We need to be intentional about development of social, emotional, cognitive competencies by integrating skill building into instructions, practice, and application into daily routines. This practice leads to positive outcomes as reported by athletes. We can model good character and decision-making. Positive adult role models can foster the development of social and emotional skills, citizenship, ethical behavior, and other desirable behaviors. Now to do this, we must keep growing and learn as we go along as a coach. We need to seek opportunities for support, training, and professional development. And we also need to engage with families, schools, and other community organizations. So as we can see, Positive coaching can do way more than just teaching a sport and pursuing victories. We can pursue those victories while we teach life lessons. We are very lucky for this episode to have a very special guest. Dr. Joanne Ballard is a doctor of sport and performance psychology, a certified mental performance consultant, and certified strength and conditioning specialist. She owns Absolute Fitness Performance Psychology in New Jersey to assist athletes and teams in unlocking their mental potential. She has been an invited guest speaker for The Hidden Opponent and Sirius Radio's Mental Health Channel, as well as provided numerous presentations for the NCAA. How are you, Joanne? Good. Thank you for having me here today. Oh, I'm very happy that you agreed to come on. Sure. Uh, all right. So you ready for your warm-up question? Sure. Okay. What are you currently curious about? <laughs> um, that's a very broad question. What am I currently yeah, curious about? Um, let's see. I think for my professional side, 
I'm curious about, I do a lot of research with division three student athletes and I have found myself really linking into sleep hygiene patterns and social media use. And that's, that's an area that I would like to explore and, and learn more about. Yeah. I'm curious about that too, teaching eighth graders and watching sure. them fall asleep in class. Cause they've probably been online all night long. So yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. People often think that mental training is for elite athletes or only tournamental training when there's a problem with performance and competition. Talk about the benefits of mental training um, for young athletes in middle and in high school. Absolutely. So mental skills training is actually something that any athlete of any age or experience level can benefit from. And I think that there's a lot of stigma associated with seeking, you know, assistance for um, sports psychology reasons, or there's also just a lot of uncertainty about what actually is it um, or do I have to have a problem? Is coach going to think something's wrong with me? You know, so on and so forth. But um, there are so many benefits, especially at that youth athlete level. And the biggest thing is helping them become more self-aware. So if they can become more self-aware as to who they are as a person and just learning to tune into their emotions, learning how to regulate their emotions and how they perceive situations and stressors in their lives, it's going to help them on the field or on the court, but it's also going to help them in the classroom. It's going to help them in life and in relationships. And they're good skills at this age to learn because it's going to help them grow through high school and college and wherever they end up after that. Um, some other benefits when we do think about mental skills training as a whole, um, athletes that utilize these practices do tend to find um, that they're able to work on building their confidence uh, by becoming more just, you know, able to think positively, able to reframe situations and restructure situations so that way they have a different perception. They are more likely to be involved in goal setting, which is very important, as well as helping them just understand who they are uniquely as an athlete. And what their needs might be, could be, or sorry, what their needs are could be very different than what their teammates' needs are, and that that's okay. Um, some other things is that if they're learning to implement these self-regulation techniques and they learn to utilize them proactively instead of only reactively, it's just going to mold better for them. So a lot of times it's more on the reactive side. Something happened in a game, something happened with coach, something happened with performance. Now, what do I do? And just like when we think about, you know, the strength training side and the physical training for sport, we spend so much time strengthening the body and doing the prehabilitative exercises so we don't get injured and, and all those pieces but a lot of athletes don't realize they can do the same with their mental skills too. Right. And if you're not able to mentally deal with those situations that come in performance, your physical part doesn't matter anymore. Right? I mean, yeah. if you can't perform, it doesn't matter how strong, what your cardio is, that just doesn't matter anymore. I, I like to say I have a term and it's probably starting to drive people crazy, but I say, you know, confidence requires evidence. And there are a lot of different ways to get evidence. We can get that through visualization, through goal mm -hmm. setting, through watching other people that are similar to us perform in a way we want to perform. Yeah. And, and 
that, those mental skills are just a great way to build that. And, and as you said, it goes to that other part of sport that we're trying to get to. And that's the life lessons, right? Sport yeah. is a way of teaching and it's a way of teaching those life lessons. And one of the most powerful ways we have to do that, it is, it's another classroom on campus for athletes and, and the curriculum we're teaching is, is life lessons and how to take care of your, your body and your mind and not having mental skill training as part of what you're doing in your, in your practice as a coach, you're, you're missing a big chunk of what, what you need to do to get the best out of your athletes. It's just, absolutely. there's no argument against that at all. So yeah. Um, yeah. as coaches, we <laughs> want to focus on, on controlling the controllable. I use that phrase all the time in our practice. What can we control and what can we not control mm-hmm. um, with our young athletes? So what can an athlete control and how can we use mental training to help focus on those controllable parts of performance? This is a great question. And the ability to control and understanding what you can control are two different things. And most athletes, you know, they they want to be in control. They want to be in control of situations. They want to be in control of their environments. But realistically, there are so many elements that are outside of an athlete's control in any situation. Most of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, gosh, it could be the weather. It could be who's refing the game, who the ump is. It could be the team you're playing. It could be even be like the warm-up music, you know, and pieces like that, or what the crowd is shouting from the stands. And all those pieces, the athlete really has zero control over, but they may be allowing their headspace to be solely focused on those pieces. And when that happens, they take themselves out of the ability to really be able to focus and concentrate at the task at hand. So, you know, with every situation, with every competition, there's going to be different elements that an athlete has in control and an athlete doesn't have in control. And one of the things I always tell the teams and athletes I work with is you need to be self-aware. You know, if you're not self-aware of these pieces, you're just going to be kind of in that limbo space. So, um, a technique I use is just get a piece of paper. I like paper and pen still, um, get a piece of paper or you can use your phone, (laughs) you know, and just write down, like, what do I have complete control over in this situation or for this upcoming game? And what do I have no control over? And the pieces that you write down under the no control list, that's where sometimes you have to be able to say, like, I accept the fact that I have no control over, I don't know, the weather, but I'm willing to allow that to go, you know, and instead I'm going to focus in on all these other elements I have listed under my control list. And that helps you build strategy. And then you can really narrow in your focus and your concentration on kind of like your to-do list underneath your, underneath your control set. Another thing I do see is a lot of times when athletes are very hyper-focused on what's outside of their control they tend to use phrases like, what if, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this person shows up? What if the ref calls that, you know, and it, it kind of makes the brain think like, okay, then this is what we need to be focusing on. And that takes them away from, again, being able to be present because the brain is just waiting for that thing that they're (laughs) waiting for to happen, which may never actually happen. So when they hear that, what if, change it into a strategy. So, you know, what if I shoot the ball wide on goal? Instead of that, just have something in your back pocket. If I shoot the ball wide on goal, then I will boom, boom, boom. 
and it helps the brain feel more in control and a little bit more calm in the situation. And, and that really goes to, again, back to that phrase about confidence, that's your evidence that I'm prepared for this. If this happens, I already have a plan for this. Mm -hmm. I, um, as you were talking about those controllables and being able to stay within yourself and perform, I was just thinking of yesterday, uh, we had our, our first like wrestling match in our district of the season. And we went over and wrestled two new programs and it on, it was a super positive energy and it was just electric in this gym. It is honestly, I, I've been coaching for 25 years now. It is the loudest gym I've ever heard at a middle school wrestling match. And as you're talking about that, I'm, I'm admiring my kids and how well they performed that that never bothered them. And I don't think we had, if it's super loud in that gym, what are we going to do? They just were able to focus and do what they were doing. So it's, it again, it's our, our evidence that mental skills training and us talking about control, what we can control that, that gets into their brain and they understand that and they're able to focus. So that's yeah. good. You made me think good things about my wrestlers for yesterday. That I can oh, share absolutely. With them right. And it's just that shift of perception, right? That they're able to shift it into this is something that's a challenge and that I have control over versus this is threatening to me, you know, and I feel like I don't have any control over the situation. So it's it's great that you're implementing the mental skill side for your athletes. Yeah. And I, it, and thinking about that as a coach too, your, your kids are going to react off what you think you can control and how you react. If you're a coach and you're staying calm when the gym is super loud and it's not what you thought it was going to be, or if there's a bad call, or if things aren't going your way, when they look back and see you being calm, that helps them stay within that realm of, okay, I'm in control here. We've got this. The coach isn't freaking out, so I shouldn't be freaking out. I think that really helps them with that idea of what, what they are in control of. Right? If I'm yelling at a ref, it makes it seem like we're not in control anymore. So if yeah. you're focused in what you're doing, sending that right message and being a role model for kids, it's yeah. super helpful for them as well. Yeah. Absolutely. It's top down. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, performance anxiety. It's a, a common issue for young athletes um, and probably goes back to that what we can control part a little bit. But um, how can we use mental training to help reduce performance anxiety? Yeah. So performance anxiety, first of all, it's very natural. Every athlete, regardless of their age or experience level, which I feel like I already said earlier a few minutes ago, <laughs> um, experiences performance anxiety to some level. Um, for some athletes, there could be certain stimuli or triggers that kind of elicit them to become more anxious for others. It could be just because it's an upcoming, like the pressure of the game, you know, or the pressure of the upcoming competition. And that sort of builds that free floating anxiety within their body. But the misconception is that performance anxiety is negative. And the truth is it's not all negative. So we need to really work on educating youth athletes to understand that this goes back to self-awareness once again, but <laughs> that they need to be able to listen in on their bodies. So the body before competitions will speak to you physically, mentally, and also behaviorally. And even if you chat with your athletes, they may not have never really thought about this before, but just simply asking them, like, what do you notice about yourself before the start of a meet or before the start of a game or whatever sport they're playing, like, how's your body talking to you? And they may say, Oh, like my stomach, I get those butterflies. Some may say they get, they're sweating a lot or they start shaking and getting goosebumps. 
Some will say, oh yeah, I bite my nails or I pace a lot, whatever it may be. But we're not trying to turn those things away. So some athletes believe I should not be experiencing any of that and I should just be ready to go. And that's where we need to flip that switch. So what we talk about in sports psychology is the pressure and performance scale. And it's really like an inverted U. So every athlete has a sweet spot between pressure and performance. It's on their own level. Like what my sweet spot is, isn't what yours is and isn't what someone else's is. But we all have a certain amount of pressure that we need to be experiencing in order to reach our optimal performance. If we have too much, we're not gonna perform optimally that day. If we don't have enough, meaning we're bored or we just have no motivation, we don't care, we're not gonna perform that well that day either. So it's that sweet spot that we need to be able to recognize because that's where you're gonna excel in performance. And usually what I'll do is after talking and creating that awareness of on those three levels, how's your body talking to you? What do you notice about your self-talk? What behaviors? I'll usually then ask them, do you perform well when you're still experiencing that? And if they're like, yeah, you know, like once that whistle blows, like I'm ready to go and it kind of all goes to the wayside and I perform well, I'm happy with it. To me, I'm like, you found your sweet spot. You know, that's, that's a good thing, right? If they say, no, I can't calm down. I'm still revving. Okay. You're a little bit on the high end or vice versa, you're on the low end. So that recognition piece is key. And if they're in their sweet spot, then really working mentally to help them flip the switch in their mind to recognize instead of trying to fight those feelings, embrace those feelings and be able to say, my body is telling me we're ready to go. Like we're, we're in alignment with each other, my mind and body. Um, Some strategies that could be utilized to help calm down in those processes Breathing, I think is one of the best strategies, um, different, yeah, different styles of breathing imagery practices are great techniques, listening to music, um, progressive muscle relaxation. I mean, there's so many different options that athletes can utilize to help them kind of remain in that sweet spot. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, as you're talking about that, you're giving me flashbacks to one of Dr. Orr's classes at Mizzou. We're talking about arousal levels right? Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yeah. We're talking about getting ourselves to that. It does. It dips. If you get out of your zone, yep. I think we're kind of looking at like when you get in that flow state too, when you're not bored and you're yep. really into what you're doing and, and don't even really think about what's going on, trying to get yourself that's... in that spot, which is not easy, but that's again, back to the self-awareness of what does it take for me to get there? How, how do I need to listen to music? Do I need to do an imagery exercise? Do I need to breathe or a combination of those things? and get yourself right into that, that sweet spot that we're talking about. Or even just sticking to like, what's their normal pregame routine, you know, or rituals that they do and really starting to utilize, whether it's the rituals or breathing or whatever it is, utilizing them during practices, letting them become part of their process instead of just trying to throw them in and see if they work, Um, you know, letting it just be part of their growth process. And, and that goes as coaches, that goes to the art of coaching, right? Knowing your athletes, like I start off with athletes, like, I don't want to talk to them a whole lot before a match. I think you can overload them with information. I, th- I feel like it's more answer their questions and you kind of get to know what they need. If it's music, whatever it is, 
but you have to be aware as a coach of what each individual athlete is about mentally. And because obviously some of them are super stressed beforehand and it is all the what ifs. And some of them are just like, they have earbuds in and they can go out there right before. Um, mm -hmm. Our coach at our high school that we feed into was talking about one of his former wrestlers who was high level wrestler at Boise State, state championship level wrestler. And he was talking about one time they were sitting and having a conversation before a match. And he walked up to him and was like, Hey, you got to get ready to go. You got to, he's like, no, I, I can't do that. Or I get too worked up. I need to just be doing my own thing. And yeah. his match got called, took his sweats off and went out there, pinned a kid in about 30 seconds and came back and started <laughs> right back in on the conversation he was in. But that's his way of handling it. He can't yeah. get too revved up or he won't perform or some, some athletes have to be really thinking about it and talking to a coach and, and going through that process. Absolutely. And that, um, we, we call the IZOF, the individualized zones of optimal functioning. So every athlete, like when you think about a coach, a coach isn't running around and thinking like, okay, what's your, what's your sweet spot? Where are you at? You right. know, but a good coach, like you're saying is able to be just very aware of the fact that you do need to recognize these individual states because some need a little bit more than others. And, and that's how, that's how it flows and that's okay. Right. Right. And to me, that's a really fun part of coaching is figuring that out with athletes and helping them perform better. And that it's like a, it's a little advantage. If you're doing that, if you're focusing on all that mental part, it's like your little secret weapon, so to speak over yeah. other teams that aren't doing that stuff. And it's not necessarily hard to do. You just have to be as a coach, not worried about, Oh my God, I'm giving up 15 minutes of my practice for some kind of mental preparation, whether it be meditation or you're doing something, you're just talking about it beforehand, journaling, whatever the case may be, but that's part of your practice. It's not an add on to your practice. It's part of your practice and what you're supposed to be doing. Definitely. And it builds that culture, you know, where, yes, where they absolutely. really embrace the fact that that's part of the process. Yeah. And I think that I get a lot of proof of that. The, the coach at the high school, Garrett Lane, who I just interviewed in the last one, he and I, with another coach that we work with, all went through our positive coaching program at Mizzou together. So we're totally on the same page. We, we did all the work together. We, we, we do the same things. And you can see it once they get to that high school level. That he's just advancing that practice of what they're doing. So it's, it's really great. Joanna, thank you so much for, for being on. I am a, a big admirer of yours and follow you on Instagram and watch all your stuff. And I just love the stuff that you do. And I was really grateful that you, you agreed to come on. Why don't you tell everybody where they can reach you on social media and, and your website? Sure. Thank you. Um, it was a pleasure being on here. So thank you so much for reaching out to me. Um, on Instagram, you can find me at absolute underscore fitness underscore performance. My website is absolutefitnesspsychology.com and my Twitter is at Unlock Psych. All right. Again, thank you for so much for being on. I really appreciate it. This is really valuable information for athletes and parents and coaches um, as we really move into the really focusing on positive coaching and how we can help athletes perform better. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you to Dr. Joanne Ballard for joining us on this episode. This month's shout out goes to Coach Wright from Barrett Middle School. Don Wright has a long history of coaching at Barrett and promoting participation in the student body there. And he continues to be a servant leader in our district 
after retirement. So thank you so much, Coach Wright, for everything that you do. Wrestling season is in full swing. Check with your school for the schedule of matches. The Performance Connection supports the Positive Sports Report. Unlock the full potential of your youth or high school sports organization and athletes with positive coaching and mental preparation. Learn how to build an organization based on core values, stay focused, positive, and motivated with help from the Performance Connection. See the service available at theperformanceconnection.com. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast service and on YouTube and follow us on Instagram at the Positive Sports Report. Until next time, let's keep our sports positive.